I thought it was. All right, we're live. I'm here with Heidi Groose, and we are going to be talking today because she is a licensed psychotherapist, a transformation strategist, and an entrepreneur, just like many of you listeners who want to grow your business. And Heidi can help us through some of those emotional challenges when it comes to being an entrepreneur, some of the mental strength we need to develop to grow in our business. And um, Heidi, I am a business strategist, but one of the things that I make sure I talk about with my clients is that it can be, you know, strategy and doing the right things and all that in your business. But if your mindset sucks and if you're not consistent with it and you are talking yourself out of doing things and you're making everything heavy and emotional and dramatic, you're going to have a terrible time growing your business. So we do work through mindset blocks in the Zero to Hero Coach Inner Circle. And I seek out the top experts in this kind of stuff. So I'm so excited to have you today on the podcast. Tell us a little bit about what are some of the main roadblocks you see in entrepreneurs and specifically coaches um, when it comes to starting and growing their business? Yeah. Um, So uh, thanks so much, Haley. And, you know, I would say the first two things that come to mind, right, is fear, right? And fear all around, you know, fear, am I good enough? Um, is my um, content, you know, my deliverables, are they valuable? Are they going to be well received? Um, do people understand, you know, my perspective, the lens that I'm looking through here? So fear all around, number one. And the second one, I would say, you know, and and not second because it's less than necessarily, but um, is what is everybody thinking of me? What Once I put this content out there, once I endorse a certain um, strategy or uh, whatever it is, you know, is, what are people going to think? You know, what are people going to disagree? What, you know, what kind of feedback yeah. are you going to get? Um, you know, or even the fear and what are people going to think about me as I market myself for my business, which, you know, just doing a Facebook live or something. Yeah, totally. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw at you some common comments that I've heard from coaches and you tell me what you think about how to reframe and how to start to work through that. Because I was just at, um, Unleash the Power Within with Tony Robbins and it was an amazing event and it was an intense event. And one of the things he was talking about is, um, really anything, you can reframe anything. And he talks about your physiological state. So how are you sitting? How are you positioned? How are you, you know, are you, if, of course, if your head's down and you're slouching and you're tired, you're going to have negative thoughts and feel bad and <laughs> be less happy in the moment. Right. So he talks about physiologically changing your body, but he also talks about how do you verbally communicate? Um, and you know, all the things that, cause you to change your patterns. And I think you really come in when it comes to this mindset piece. So I want to, I want to throw some at you and hear what you would say. So let's say I'm a coach and I feel like, well, the information's already out there. And I don't know if what I'm sharing, like health tips or life coaching tips or whatever is good enough for people to actually pay me for it and for me to charge for it. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. What would you say to somebody who said that? So this is touching on a few different topics, right? Um, So, you know, for, you know, first and foremost, nothing, there's really no original content left, right? Um, 
So we're all repackaging things that we have made our own and we're putting it out there, you know, standing in our own place of power, our own place of brilliance, and we're putting our original spin on it. Um, so I just want everyone to keep that in mind, you know, it, because you can Google anything. It's not, people aren't really just looking for the answer. You can find answers. They want to relate to you. They want to see you as approachable and that you understand where they're coming from. Um, and I think that's so important um, in the coaching world. It, it's so much about relatability and relationship building. Mm -hmm. The other piece, though, that you touched on in terms of can I really charge for the solution that I'm offering? And that really speaks to the individual's relationship with money, right? So, you know, and what are your money stories? And, you know, what what is the value of your true self-worth? And um, recognizing, you know, that, yes, you can charge and it is worthy um, so there's some some self-esteem um, stuff in there, too. Um, yes. So those are the major themes that I think you're hitting on um, with that question. And so that's the transformational work that needs to happen there. You know, that's the place where we have to get in and address those old stories that you've been telling yourself that maybe you're not good enough or you compare yourself to the other people in your sort of area and saying, I could never be as good as her. Right. Well, we don't need you to be. We need you to be the best version of you. Um, and, and that's. That is a lot of the free reframing that happens within the transformation methodology um, program because we want to bring out your individual authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people think in order to be successful, I have to do it like so-and-so or have to do exactly what my coach says. And I'm really a big fan of, I've worked with so many coaches and so many programs, taking what's useful, discarding what's not me and, you know, adapting and making things, you know, what's going to work and what I'm actually going to do and, and all that. And, but I also think there's this common thing of if it doesn't feel, uh, if it, if everything doesn't feel good, then I shouldn't be doing it. And I think that that's a misleading thing because when you're new and you're starting something new, it is going to feel scary. It is going to feel weird. It is going to feel hard. And so I also think there's a fine line between doing what's authentic to you and, but also making sure you're not just saying it's not authentic to you because you don't want to get uncomfortable and do anything outside here. Yeah. I mean, I normalize all of that by saying, you know, listen, if I asked you on Monday to walk around with your shoes on the wrong feet for the entire week, right, you'd be able to do it. But on Monday, right, when you put those shoes on, even standing up feels awkward, yeah. right? And you start walking and it's, you're clumsy. It, yeah. You know, there's, you're moving much slower than you would if your shoes were on the right feet, right? Mm -hmm. um, but by the end of the week, by Friday, if you stay consistent with it, you it would still feel uncomfortable. And mm -hmm. it would still probably be a little awkward, but you would have found a groove. Yeah. You found a certain way to be able to get from point A to point B with you know, much more grace than you had on Monday. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's the same thing here. Yeah. And I love what you said about, you know, they're not signing up for your tips. Like nobody's paying you as a coach 
just because you give an answer that they could go Google. They're paying you for a transformation. They're paying you to hold them accountable. They're paying you to get themselves some structure and not have to, you know, the convenience of having somebody who can guide them. Um, so there's a lot more to it than you are not a commodity. You are not just selling sessions or tips or whatever, right? And I think the thing I always go back to is think about all songs have the same structure. They have an intro, they have, you know, the chorus, they have a bridge. And there, there's many different genres, right? Which we could yeah. kind of also think of as like niches, right? Yeah. And the artists are completely different and who you love as an artist and who you want to sing their songs and who you want to identify with is so different based on your personal preferences. And so it's the same thing with coaching, like you said. And the last thing I want to acknowledge that you said that was really good is you are telling yourself, whether we realize it or not, we're used to telling ourselves things and really proving them as true for us. And I, love this example. There was, I can't remember where I heard this, but you could take two people with the exact same, or well, actually you could take one person with a bad, let's say their circumstances growing up were not that good. Maybe they had, uh, or most people would judge it as not good, but you could describe their narrative in two different ways. Mm -hmm. And one narrative would sound, make it sound terrible and all these things. And one narrative would, could make it sound good. And like they used it for growth and that, you know, they, they didn't see it as, as awful as, <laughs> as many people would judge it as. So I think um, being able, but, but as you said, it's like trying on a new outfit, trying on a new story feels very awkward. The shoes feel like they don't, they don't fit yet. They feel, it feels, you feel clunky. Um, and so how does somebody start that transition when it, when it feels like, I don't know where to start. I don't want to just tell myself a lot. Like we're not just going to jump to a positive affirmation and believe it right now. Like, so what does somebody do to start to shift a belief? Well, so belief is built by doing. Mm -hmm. So I think we have to embrace that concept, right? You can't just sit and read even a shelf of books in the personal development section of the bookstore and walk away believing in yourself more because you, what you will have is you'll have some motivation and you'll have some inspiration, but guess what? Nobody is motivated or inspired seven days a week right? Even I love what I do. I'm sure you love what you do, right? But we still have those days where it's like, I just want to stay cozy. You know, I don't really want to get up and do the things. Mm -hmm. um, and so what we know is that learning more and more, being the professional student of our industry or of our passion doesn't gain us competency and confidence. How mm -hmm. we gain that is by doing it right? And then fumbling a little bit and learning from that and realizing I'm still okay. No, you know, nothing fell apart. You know, we create worst case scenarios in our head. And when we say them aloud, right, I will ask someone, okay, what's the worst case scenario out of the, out of the, the situation they are in right now? And they say it out loud and I'm like, okay. And now what if that were to happen? Like what, how would that really affect your world, your business, your, your credibility, whatever it is that you're concerned about. And it's like, really, we're focusing in on small problems and we're giving them way too much power. 
where we, mm-hmm. we realize that the, the problem that we're focused on is really small, then our reaction needs to be really small too. Or the emotional investment in that problem needs to be really small, right? Mm-hmm. The big problems, those are the ones that, you know, require outside resources, right? Like we, we need a lot of different help. And so that can elevate, you know, our concern and our reaction. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Um, but, you know, these small problems that we allow to get bigger by like perseverating on them, fixating on them, mm-hmm. you know, when we finally confront them aloud, they're really not that big. And so my response to this is also, you can talk yourself out of something just as easily as you can talk yourself into it. It's the mm-hmm. same amount of time. It's the same amount of energy. Any sentence that you're saying, like, oh, I don't know. I feel like maybe I just don't know enough right now to go and do this. Okay, you know what? I'm going to take what I know today and do the best of my ability um, with that knowledge and give it my best shot. Yeah. Right? So go and put the energy on the intention and what you know. You're never, you're, you're sorry. I misspoke there. You're always going to know more than what you know right in this present moment today. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Um, And one of the things you just brought up a really good point about when you when you find a problem, it's it all depends on what you make it mean, right? Like nothing, anything that's a problem is because your mind thinks it's a problem. Somebody else might not even think it's a problem. And I had this one conversation recently where the person was making their clutter at their house mean that they were failing as a parent. Just stuff on their counter, stuff on the floor means they are failing as a parent because the kids aren't cleaning up. And it was just such an aha moment because it was like, no wonder why you're so, you feel like things can't get done and you feel so like fixated by this clutter because you're making it mean so much, right? We do these things in our business too, where we're, you know, we have a bad, we don't make a sale or somebody says no, and we take it personally rather than it's about our business and business is going to get some yeses and some no's and what can we learn from it and how can we grow and how can we be curious about it and all the things. And just the same with putting yourself out there. I've had clients who think, um, oh my gosh, you know, people, I love talking to people. I love learning about people. I'm so interested to put my, like start talking to people. And then I have other people who think, I'm a burden. I am embarrassed. I don't want to, you know, be a bother. I don't want to like, and it's just so different, the results that they get because of those initial thoughts. So what would you say um, if somebody's, you know, focusing on, okay, I can, I love what you said. I could talk myself out of it just as easily as I talk myself into the problem. Right. Mm -hmm. So what would be, um, how do you go about that? I know you said you start doing little things and focus on the day at, at, at hand, but what are some other strategies or um, things that they can do to start to ship that? You mean to prevent them from avoiding doing the things that they're, you know, intimidated about? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, here's the thing that, you know, we're, as we move through our business development, right. And our entrepreneur development, we are going to face different problems. And that's a sign of progress. So first, I think it's looking at, you know, the the next level of problems, so to speak, and I'm using sort of air quotes as I'm saying this, 
those are the necessary things that you have to go through in order to prepare yourself for the next level. And whatever the next level is, it might just be the next level conversation with a, another you know, person you're networking with, or it could be a next level conversation that you're having with a client. But you, we really have to see everything as with value. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think a lot of this is attitude. The other piece is language. So, you know, let's let me give you an example of how um, I had a client come to me working through a problem um, with communication uh, or with problem resolution, really. And it was impacting her confidence, having future conversations that she felt could, could end badly where there could be some conflict. Right. One of the things she said was, you know, the other person, she was questioning me, you know, she, she kept coming back to this. She just kept questioning me. And I said, well, let's stop for a second. Was she questioning you or was she asking a question? Right. Or did she continue to repeat the same question? Right. And how those two things are so very different, but they can be describing the same behavior. And one really does speak to. I'm personalizing this experience where I feel like you're challenging me, for instance. Maybe that's the interpretation where she's questioning me, like she's challenging me. She's, you know, questioning my credibility, you know, mm -hmm. um, versus, you know, she's just asking a question. Maybe she's seeking clarification. She's having a hard yeah. time connecting to my idea. And so it's really important that we look at the words that we're using to even talk to ourselves. And so when we say things aloud and someone else can sort of reframe that and say, you know, let's just check in here. That all of a sudden just de-escalates things where it's like, okay, maybe I can just take myself out of this here. Um, you know, but to also speak to your um, point too, in, in the audience that you really gravitate towards is Sometimes we have to go back to asking ourselves why we started this business to begin with, right? Because if every time things get hard, you start walking away, you know, that that's, that's a, a critical moment to really have sort of that one-on-one, -on -one, you know, intimate conversation with yourself to say, you know, you don't want to create this pattern where every time things get hard, you start abandoning what you say you're so passionate about. Because when you abandon yourself in those situations, you're really sending the message that you don't believe in yourself, that what you're doing really isn't that important, that it's really not worth it. And I know in working with entrepreneurs that that creates so much regret and then shame. And it, it takes so much more work to get in that restart mode, you know, where you have to really rally yourself and get yourself, you know, back up on the horse to keep going than it does to just keep the momentum going. And so I think we have to do like that evaluation and check in. What does it cost me to avoid or procrastinate or just completely eliminate this thing that I don't want to do? Yeah, right. I, I, I love um, this little mantra from Elizabeth Benton that says keeping up is easier than catching up. 
And you're so right. When you lose momentum, it's so much harder to re-find your balance. doesn't mean you can't, but it is really hard. So I, I think you make an excellent point there. And also ask the question, why bother? So when you feel why bother, oh, why bother? It's such a hassle. Why bother? Yeah. What's the answer to that? And that will get you through the, the tough moments. Yeah. You know, Jeff Olson, um, he wrote a great book called The Slight Edge. And I always go back to this book and it, it's, it's, it's an older book, but so relevant, right? And he talks about how the things that we need to do to keep ourselves in that place of brilliance, or I don't really know exactly how he describes it. That's, I love using the word place of brilliance. The things that we need to do are so easy to do that they're just as easy not to do them. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it really is just the perspective. It's like, do it anyway. Just do it anyway. You're going to thank yourself in the end. You're going to feel so much better when you do it versus when you don't. And then you have to sit there and and beat yourself up or feel bad about it. Like nobody feels good. That doesn't motivate anybody, you know? Mm -hmm. So, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And what would you say some of the things that um, your clients need to realize or work through when it comes to shifting from just being, I, I was at this this event and they were talking about in your business, you want to be a um, owner and not just the operator. And my, you know, a lot of my clients are are in that stage where they are an operator and that's okay in the beginning because you have to get started and get going. And, but it's, it's hard to let go of some of those tasks or um, to even have the time and capacity to think about your vision and be the owner as opposed to just in the day-to-day tasks. So what are some like ways or things that um, you have to work through or I guess tips um, when it comes to shifting or being able to balance that and the stress of that? Yeah. And everybody goes through this. I've never met a business owner, even myself, we all, everybody goes through this transition. And, you know, at first it's evaluating what's the busy work and what's the meaningful work, right? What needs your stamp on it and what doesn't? Because the busy work, if your to-do list is just filled with all like the clutter stuff, right? Which in the beginning is so important. You have to do yourself. But then there becomes a point in time where it's sucking the life out of you and mm-hmm. it actually takes you out of your place of brilliance, right? So if, if my to-do list is filled with, you know, social media marketing and, you know, I don't know, repurposing, you know, blog material and doing like yeah. transcriptions, you know, that kind of thing, I'm not in my zone where I'm thinking and creating my next live talk that I'm going to do, you know, because I'm, I'm using different parts of my brain and it's taking that time and energy and creative space away from something that I'm really passionate about. And I just need to develop the idea and the delivery, you know, which no one else is going to do for me. That's, that's the piece that I'm going to do. The other thing though, is even if you haven't reached the level where you would consider yourself like the CEO, you know, the, 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 you know, the full leader or executive or guru in your industry, you know, someone in your life who is that person to you, 
you know, or you've had that CEO, you know, in a previous position that you've worked in, or you've had a mentor that you really respect. And I want you or your the client, right, who's asking the question, I want them to think about um, what is the mindset of that person? Like, how do they show up for work? What are they putting their attention to? What are the things that they delegate? And what are the things that have to go across their desk? Um, you know, because we, as we move on and as we take on, you know, bigger responsibilities, we have to let go. We yeah. have to release in order to receive the next level of whatever that is. Um, you know, otherwise you're not going to be the best version of you. You're going to be stressed out, reacting, you know, you're going to, and, and that's, that you can be better than that. And so why not allow yourself to be better? Right. I love that. Really good tips. Yeah. So is there any other um, suggestions when it comes to managing your emotions and not letting your emotions drive everything you do or don't do um, in your business? Yeah, it's, you know, this, this comes up all the time, because it's not the it's typically not the day-to-day task-oriented um, challenges that come up that really set people back, right? It's typically the things that we personalize. It's the rejection that we get. And then it sends us into a tailspin, sort of questioning our entire business because one person out there said no to us, right? So it's like, oh gosh, I, I need to recreate my program before I put it back out there. It's like, Oh, it's just one little no. So it's learning how to look at um, problems in a very different light. So, you know, one, one way might be just focusing on the numbers, for instance, right? So in the coaching world, you know, you're looking at how many um, reach outs and how many relationship, you know, building opportunities do you have to do to then find your ideal client? right? The, the one, the demographic you're really looking to hone in on, right? And so yeah. then of those relationships that you start building, how many of those turn into actual clients? And how many of those land up on your follow-up list, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so you're doing that through your email marketing campaigns or looking at, you know, social media engagement and things like that. Um, and so you, you start to know your industry numbers, and then you have to know your personal numbers, Right. And so when you look at it as a numbers game, because it is right, then we can take the emotion out of it really easily. You know, I was working with an author and she's um, putting out her second manuscript and it's like, okay, what are the industry numbers? And then what were your personal numbers for your first manuscript? Right. So then all of a sudden the work didn't feel as tedious. She didn't feel like she was just channeling in hours and hours of time um, you know, into sending out, you know, writing the cover letters and sending out the manuscripts and things, or at first it's just little summaries, but regardless, it didn't feel as defeating and she wasn't feeling as discouraged when she realized, okay, I really do need to send out about a hundred of these just to get four people to ask me for a full manuscript, mm-hmm. right? It's like, mm-hmm. okay, so now you know, after you've done 50, if you haven't heard from two, let's just kind of look at some things, you know, after you've done the hundred, if you don't have the four, you don't even have two yet. 
let's again, you know, refine and adjust the approach, but we're not going to spend the time refining and adjusting after 10. Right. It doesn't make sense. Right. Um, so that's one way of really making sure that, you know, it, we're not making an emotionally charged, like reactive, impulsive decision. Totally. Love it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, one thing I had to do too in my business is make up my own almost like purchasing criteria mm. for what I choose to buy and not buy. Um, so that wasn't always just based on, I just am so excited about this. This looks so cool. I'm going to do it. Like versus thinking about, okay, what is this benefit in my business? You know, what is, is this something I can take on right now? Like, you know, all those little questions that help me turn it into more objective um, than emotional. So really like the numbers, looking at your numbers, of course, that's super important. And I think it's good to hear the example of the author, because um, when I talk to people who are doing like LinkedIn lead generation, which is one Mm -hmm. of my services, you know, we look at, well, how many do you need, how many connection requests, how many get accepted? What do we need to change and improve and et cetera. And, um, and you do, you have to test it first and you have to keep refining and you could keep improving, but a lot of times it's not, I think people turn it into, oh my gosh, you know, it's, uh, it's, I'm the problem when really it's just like, no, this is how the numbers are working. This is the average acceptance rate. Like this is really good or whatever, uh, whatever it is with the data. So data always is good to look at when you're a business owner. So uh, good tips there. And tell everybody how they can find you and connect with you after this. Yeah. So, um, directly you, my website, HeidiGroos.com, which talks a little bit about, you know, some of the work that I'm doing right now, we're um, gearing up to launch an eight week program um, after having so much success with the longer transformation methodology, we're doing sort of an eight week um, shorter version. Um, And also on Instagram, you can find me at Heidi Bruce, the same with Facebook and LinkedIn. So it would be a pleasure to connect. Awesome. I love it. And uh, for everybody listening, if you need additional emotional support and accountability, you can join us in the Health Coach Nation Facebook group. That's facebook.com slash group slash Health Coach Nation. If you're a life coach, a health coach, a mindset coach, come join us in the group. Um, And we look forward to seeing you do more things, Heidi. And um, thanks so much for coming to the show. Thanks, Haley. It was really nice meeting with you. Thank you.